Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hourglass of Isabella. I'm here with special guest Nick. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, it's good. Tell us, give us, give us a scenery here, Nick, as we sit sipping our champagne. We're here in Orange County, California. Uh, we are in. If anybody's seen The Godfather, um, we are kind of in that lemon <laughs> kind of scene. Like we are in it right now. There are lemon trees, orange trees, pomegranate trees. We're in the heart of Riverside, California, and you can see the beautiful mountains, and it's great. I've got to say, this is our first podcast filmed anywhere other than Colorado in the snow, so congratulations. 77 degrees here right now. 77 degrees. Yep. That's impressive. It's warm. There's no snow. I feel quite good so far. Technology has been... Uh, a battle of getting it to Yes, getting this, getting this rolling, and I keep double-checking here. We're doing great. It's actually working. Has been a little bit of an issue today, but you know what? We're here, and that's the point. Right, we got, we got yeah, chink. So let me roll into this. So today's going to be a freeform style episode, which I haven't done in a while, but I like to do it when I have interesting people who have good stories and uh, collective memories of fun. So Nick here, how long have we known each other? Uh eight years seven years something like that yeah nearly nearly a decade at this point we uh we met through through labyrinth of jariff actually fantastic event shout out sean those people really amazing event out here in california and you were working the event yeah, I'm, I'm uh i'm one of the executives over at labyrinth of jariff um on the um what, what's the best way to describe it um basically what i do for loj is i help conceive product development for uh, their commerce side of it. So for instance, um, you know, I help coordinate things. Well, let's, so for people who don't know, tell us what is Labyrinth of Jareth? So Labyrinth of Jareth is one of the largest fantasy masquerade balls uh, in the world. I believe currently it's ranked number three or number four in the world in yes. terms of scope. Um, it, you know, we have around 300 artists uh, and performers that volunteer for LOJ uh, every single year. Obviously, we haven't been able to throw it since 2019, unfortunately, unfortunately due yeah. to uh, COVID-19. Um, but, but would you say it's going to come back? That's a big question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're looking at ways to uh, to be able to do it in the future. Um, unfortunately, with, you know, the demographic that we have, um, you know, it, it's in, in the size and the scope and the scale of the event itself. Um, right, how many attendees do you have? Really? It depends on any given night. Uh, it can be around two thousand yeah. people. Easily, yeah, easily. Um, yeah. You know, at down, we used to be at the Park Plaza. Currently, we're at the Millennium Biltmore uh, in downtown Los Angeles. And the Biltmore is a gorgeous, old-fashioned hotel with beautiful architecture. Nineteen uh, nineteen oh eight, I believe, is when the Millennium Nineteen oh eight, nice. So, um, so kind of a, a beginning to the flapper era, you know. Uh, yeah. If only the 20s had worked out that way for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it's, it's a fantastic venue. Um, it has a lot of good history. Um, it's one of the venues in Los Angeles that's world-renowned for more than just events. It's a beautiful hotel in and of itself. Um, and, yeah, you know, we're, we're hoping to be able to bring it back as soon as the city of Los Angeles Get, yeah, <laughs> when when we get to that point, I think we will just give it a, a year or so more and we'll get to that point. But what I will say is I love about this event is the diversity, the costumes, the flourishing interactive environment. You can go and get like quests at an event, picture you're in this long ball gown, running around, meeting all these interesting people. There is a hookah lounge, like inside the venue, there is a tea room. 
and a ballroom where people can dance. And you and I actually remember we had that nice high tea. Yeah, so, very British. So we have uh, sandwiches. We you know, have what's called a rail car style seating for a tea, uh, a high tea at uh, LOJ, which is located downstairs at the event. Um, it overlooks what's called the Prince's Court. At, yeah, the Prince's Court. Yeah, which is where you can actually do ballroom dancing. Um, so you can sit and have tea uh, and you know finger foods while watching. People they almost have a bit of like a a little bit in some. It's from one of the rooms, but they almost look like opera boxes. You can sit up there yeah. and see everyone below and all the so action. Those are the VIP uh, areas. Yeah. You can you can you can purchase those. Pretty um, damn good VIP area, oh yeah. FYI, in my opinion. But, but uh, those are those are always sellouts. Um, they, they, that overlooks the main stage. So again, one of the things about LOJ versus a lot of events is it's kind of a little bit for a little bit of everything for everyone, right? So if you want to do that type of uh, you know LARP style, I'm right? On missions, which and, is not for everyone. Yeah, you can. Do but that. it's inclusive if you want it. If you just want to come dress up and, and go dancing, you can just do that. Um, oh, if you want to come in and buy clothes, we have an amazing vendor area well, yeah. with fantastic things you wouldn't be able to get anywhere else, okay? These are like fantasy items, gorgeous dresses, beautiful jewelry, tarot card readings, everything you can think of, these guys have it. And Sean Strider, who's yeah. a chap who runs this, what I like is he gives this great personal touch where at the end of the night, he'll go from every single room to like say the goodbye and close it out. And it's such a personal touch for someone running an event. Yeah, it's really a, beautiful. Sean's a great dude. Uh, he's one of the few people in this world that both has uh, creativity as well as operational uh, capabilities. Um, he's logistically intelligent. Oh, he is. Well, here's a great example. You know, the event was always conflicting with Burning Man. And, you know, we run one of the camps at the front line of this 70,000 person festival. So I was like, damn, I, I don't, I, it's like, I don't get to go to LOJ anymore, you know? <laughs> and, and they actually, they moved yeah. LOJ. And finally it was like all the Burning Man community was like, we can go to LOJ and we did. And it was lovely and everyone was so happy and it was really great. In 2020 it was supposed to be my first year at Burning Man because we finally did move the date. Yes, I remember you were going to camp with us uh, yeah, at I, Burning I Man. All the dues. I was yes, for Brulee, you were going to camp with us. And yeah. But as we know, because of COVID, Brulee is, well, Burning Man is also closed. And I assume we don't know the facts from BMR.org, but I'm going to assume on behalf of Burning Man community, it is unfortunately, I believe, cancelled. And the reasoning why in my mind is that Deaf Guild has already made a public announcement. The Orgy Dome has made the announcement. And as Brulee, at some point, it will be up to us to make the decision there as well. Um, and ultimately, the Burning Man organization. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't have the highest hopes. And I think it's for safety. And at the end of the day, folks, we all want to go out, enjoy our events and have fun. And we love this. And as event promoter, trust me, I'd love more than anything in the world for this to come back. That's our livelihood and our passion. But at yeah. the same time, I understand the safety. So we've got to wait to make it safe. And when it's safe, then people will be able to come back and we'll be able to enjoy these events. New Orleans, let's get on to New Orleans. New Orleans will come back around. We run the Vampire Masquerade out there. We had thousands of people there last year. And Nick, you've actually been out to, uh, to New Orleans for me, haven't you? How, yeah, when, when was that? That was uh, two or three years ago. Um, I had a gap in my schedule, and so I flew out. Um, 
definitely an interesting time. I will say that. Los, Los, what do you think about New Orleans? As I was going to say, Los Angeles is definitely very different than, than New Orleans. <laughs> sure um, is. Sure you, is. If, if anybody listening ever goes to New Orleans, uh, do what the Uber driver told me when I asked him. Uh, what did what, he what, say? What can you do in New Orleans that you can't do anywhere else is drive through daiquiris. Drive through daiquiris. Yeah, yes. So, yes. You know, have your Solid. Uber driver take you to a, a place where you can literally get daiquiris like a drive-through window. They just hand it to you. Yes. Do you know they just shut down all of the bars on Bourbon Street in New Orleans and in the French Quarter because Mardi Gras, folks, Mardi Gras is coming up here. And as a result, the city saw people streaming in, getting on the streets already because they were like, we're going to go anyway. And the city had to, because of COVID, they had to shut it down. So well, don't go for Mardi Gras. That stuff is shut down. It's not happening. You know, a lot of people are mass gathering now. So they're trying to be safe I mean, as a city. Yeah, there's nothing like doing something live. Um, but, you know, you can obviously you can't throw beads through a screen. Um, but, you know, definitely, <laughs> definitely be Throw safe. beads for a screen. Put them on the webcam. Yeah. Dangle them. Just, uh, you know, you can go topless on, on a yeah, yeah. camera if you guys have a, a group setting. But, like, definitely don't uh, don't gather right Don't now. gather. It's not safe right now. No, especially there's new variants coming out of South Africa and the UK. So, oh, Brazil. Uh, that P1 variant. That's, that's, a, that's a scary thing coming out here. Uh, and, of course, from the UK. And from the UK, we, we were the ones who got that nice mutant variant we have rapidly great thing was about the uk one they're like yeah it spreads three times as quickly as the normal co and then the one in brazil comes out the p1 variant and they're like yeah triple that from that other one and the point is yes these viruses change just like the flu changes every year and with our vaccines we're just going to have to update it it's the contagiousness of the, of the virus it's itself. intensely the more, the contagious. more contagious it is the more chances it has to mutate the more mutations it has the more chances it has to have one that actually solidifies and, and, and takes hold so but i mean that doesn't mean that happy days are over is what i'm no, trying to say no, no. And, you know something we're trying to actively implement at least with like the denver vampire ball which would have been this february this month guys you know that was obviously cancelled but we have a virtual one, but it still has interactive elements and quest things, which actually was directly inspired by LOJ to implement into the event in a virtual space. So it's got like a cathedral role play. You click on the map, you can go to different areas, right. and there's like actual NPC quest givers. So like Dorian Gray has Dorian's bar, and he'll make you virtual drinks and teach you recipes. But in every room, there are different letters, and you can go to each room, find the letters, and formulate the word. And if you get the word, you get a real life prize or tickets to the actual Vampire Ball next year, you know. So we, we, you know, we have uh, certain aspects of LOJ that are kind of sub within uh, the LARP situation. So I know that there's one group called, in, I believe it's the Knights of Roses. Uh, Knights of Roses, I lovely. I apologize. It's been it's been a couple of years since we've been able to throw the event, but um, yeah, they're they're. I think you, I was there the last time. I was yeah. I was sort of vending. If you quest um, and you, you know, I believe it's if you finish one of the side side missions with one of the. Uh, I, I want to say it's nice of Rose, and I again apologize to them if I get this wrong. Um, but you know they will, they have their. Oh, own and you know they'll, you know rose. they'll be listening, and yeah. you get a rose. Come on, yeah. that's really cool. That's a great so they're, incentive. They're cool people, um, you know. Like I said, it's it's everybody, uh, you know, has their niche within the event. And it's, well, it's what, cool what, okay, we were there one time, and there was this, and I still have the cards. They're sitting at the chateau at home because obviously we have the cat girl manor, but there are these cards, and they're cat themed, like cipher cards, and it's actually like a Sean Strider cat card within the game. Yeah, as so, a homage, tip well, to the hat. Yeah, so that that's not cipher. Um, so that was uh, that was um, 
Oh, what's his name? What I is it? Yeah. Apologize. Yeah, there's it's it's a game called Can't Take or Can't. Yes, thank you. Can't take. Uh, yeah. That's that's one of our art directors. Um, uh, in again, I apologize. And the art, the art was beautiful. The last two days. Uh, <laughs> it's been rough out here yeah, in California land. But uh, basically, um, you know, this gentleman, please check him out. Can't take cats is a cool game. It's really game. cool. The art um, is beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's it's not. It's not owned by Cypher. It's simply an art project. On the side that has a tip to the hat within it. Yeah, so yeah. then let's talk about the coins. Oh, Every yeah, year coins. you have a beautiful coin, yeah. a gold coin dedicated to the event. With... Coins. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, every single year, uh, there's a theme uh, for that coin, and then we release it to the general public for $20 for the coin. Right. I have the Sean Strider one at home. Yeah. Uh, yep. So that's the, the Prince's coin. I think that was for the Prince's coin. Yeah, it's a lovely name. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah, every single year. And, and there's what, okay, what was your title? Were you the Viceroy? I was the Viceroy, yeah. So, I love that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, kind of from the exchequer side of it, you know, it's um, the person who is in charge of kind of coordinating uh, any of the monetary means for the event. So anything to offset the costs for the event. So but it, development. Yes, right, of course. So you were kind of this merchant, the ship pirate, and your costume was fabulous. They all have Thank great you. costumes. I did say, I do like the dragon. Mm -hmm. The kind of spark, yes, the ice yeah. white dragon, gorgeously made. So even in the prop department, and I got the pleasure of going down and seeing that area, and Very it good. is yeah. it's beautifully done. The amount of costumes and dedication event from volunteers and staff that go into making this event happen is phenomenal. Three hundred, it's on a volunteers. whole other scale in terms of events. Truly, yeah. And and, and to be fair, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of technology that goes into that to help coordinate. Um, you know, we, we have different programs that we use so that people can monitor each of the stages so that they know when they're supposed to come out on per, per act. Good, good, the, yes. Uh, each of the stage directors can coordinate back to the green room and say, you know, hey, we need the people for this act to show up to the mm -hmm. to this room at this time. Um, and it reads out, you know, auditorially so you don't have to be in front of a screen or in front of a computer. It just calls it out. That's really good. It's mm -hmm. good to know, in fact. Um, so, you know, it's it's very well coordinated. That call comes from mine to Sean Strider, just a... a, a Great guy, um, and I highly recommend that once we're able to come back, that you know people check it out. It's Labyrinth Master. I know they will. There's no way they, they will not not do that. And of course, you know the inspiration of the original Labyrinth movie, yep. you know, and the Jim Henson Company, which I will say they've become a lot more active recently as well, which does my heart glad to see them involved with companies like Netflix, whether it's the new Dark Crystal, which unfortunately did not get renewed. That kind of disappointed me a bit, actually. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought they did a great job, but it ultimately it's expensive to do the puppets and they wanted to do it 3d and they were just like no this doesn't have the same nostalgia or imagination or childlike quality but we remember growing up with the original dark crystal or movies like labyrinth and so i think they did the right thing but was it correct for the audience in the time of the money no we we live in a different time now yeah it's it's unfortunate um you know in terms of budget production uh, or production budget, sorry, reverse. Yes, that. no, you're fine. In terms of, in terms of, uh, scrap that, reverse yeah. it. <laughs> in, in terms of, uh, you know, production budgets, um, you know, when you're dealing with COVID and you have to really look at, you know, where your uh, money is going, unfortunately. Oh, this was before COVID, even. Well, this was a financial when choice. You're, when you're, you know, when you're looking to maybe elongate movies or TV shows or anything like that, and you know, you run into a situation where you have to look at the, the pennies. Uh, well, they were also looking at numbers. Could we look at something like Bridgerton, mm -hmm. right, which is this Regency show that came out very popular. They've been reviewed for like eight seasons. 
like uh, which is an intense amount to get a review for like they're like okay we're going to renew you can do this over and over and it's great bridgerton is actually i will say you should check it out it's an amazing tv show it's not authentic period drama but it's creative period drama and so it fits well into our current audience and we're in these strange times where i think a lot of people growing up you know the 90s kids and millennials a lot of them don't know things like dark crystal because it's kind of before their time anyway so when this stuff comes back up it's i think it's difficult sometimes for that age range to get into it what i like about events like loj is it introduces you i've had people who didn't even know what the actual labyrinth was but they knew what loj was and then they were introduced to the movie with you know david bag because of that and that's interesting to me that that is a generational thing going on there. And, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, lot of uh, I mean, the thing about uh, LOJ is, you know, we have we take a lot of inspiration um, more from the art community than technically from the movie itself. Um, you know, it's it's kind of grown into its own world. Of course, it's its own ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously the Henson family, uh, great people. Uh, I, I believe that they still come. Uh, every single year to LOJ, I could, nice. I could be wrong on that. I don't. I'm not in the front of house or operations side of it, outside of my own purview. But um, you know, like I said, I I, I believe they still come. And, but you know, I, Sean Sean talks very highly about that family all the time and the support that he's got. The good them. people, uh, there, yeah. Um, so it's it's a uh, you know, like I said, it's it's it's. So what? I mean, what? Tell me about like the 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 knights of Cipher, right? You've yeah. got this protective team. Kind of going on with the so, event. Yeah, so the Knights of Cipher um, is basically the in-house security team, um, which you know they a good selection of them. So the top five uh, people on the Knights of Cipher, the longest-running uh, Knights of Cipher, they generally you know follow Sean around uh, the event just to make sure right they're protected. Yeah, yeah, place. nice. Yeah, um, but you know. Knights of Cypher also do protection for uh, operations. And I can say I've seen this in action. I know you're not directly in it, but I remember one year we were there and there was a problem. And Nick, you were in there quickly and took care of the girl involved in the best way possible in terms of safety and staff and an event and made sure that she was okay. Oh, yeah, and I it was fast that. and you were on it. You yeah, were just like, right. I'm I'm on this quickly. You know, you apologized to me like I've got to take care of this. And I was like, well, it is really good swift care yeah you know? so you know yeah i'm not in the knights of cypher um but you know being somebody that was close to there's this you know there's very rarely situations at loj in which the knights really have to intervene i mean they're they're mainly that there. was one of those and then then yeah, you were in the space yeah. but yeah there was an instance uh where you know a gentleman was um uh, being maybe he had a little bit too much to drink or something yes being a little bit aggressive with a little bit forefront with a girl yes um and so you know we we had that gentleman leave um, you, know, you stepped in very politely between them and took care of it. And I remember it and thought that was that was actually, I think, the first night you and I had actually met physically, right? Could be. I, yeah, I, it was. Years, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's 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 instances in which um, you know, uh, again, it's very very rare. I think that of the number of years that I've been involved with LG, I think that was the only one. Uh, where I had to personally become right, but I just happened. I think because you were the closest person available yeah, I was right too. Next to where it was yes. happening. Um, yeah. But mainly the nicest cipher there are just to make sure that you know. Again, we are in an active hotel, um, and so there are guests that are there. 
at the hotel that are not patrons of Ella. Oh, okay, house. didn't know that. So you have other people staying there. Okay, yeah, that's so interesting we, we to know. We have lots of blocks uh, blocked out for LOJ, but you know the 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 we don't buy the entire hotel out as far as um, every single room. Sure, um, right. That, so other people can still come and enjoy and stay there. That it, makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. Again, I'm not on the operations side, but I'm pretty sure that the uh, the hotel doesn't allow us to actually block out the entire hotel. Yeah. But we've I think we've requested it. Um, but so the nights are just there just to make sure that, you know, people don't find ways to sneak into the venue. Right. Um, if they don't have tickets or whatnot. Yeah. And especially if people do have tickets, but they aren't adhering to uh, the rules. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, Which is the biggest violation. Tell us about the costume policy. What's your costume policy? If you're going to this event and let's say you're talking to someone who's thinking about listening, like, Hey, when pandemic is over, I might want to attend this event. What would you encourage? What's the costume? What should they wear? What is the yeah, what is the so look? The best way that I can describe what you should or should not wear to LOJ is um, literally just go to labyrinthmasquerade.com and look at the gallery. Uh, and there are so I mean there are years and years but before when I was in England long ago I used to look at this event online just because of their gallery and the beauty and effort that the people put into their costume they will spend the whole year making a costume just for this event well we have a lot of so um just like west hollywood carnival um what's west hollywood carnival i don't so west hollywood carnival is an event that happens every year on halloween unfortunately in 2020 didn't happen but of course it happens every year in halloween uh, in west hollywood in which it's one of the largest street festivals uh in the world um in which they shut down several streets in west hollywood people just get dressed up and just walk wow okay yeah cool massive event um, but a lot of costumed, people, yeah. Well, uh, extreme, well, it's not required for for this event. I mean, it's just like you know, kind of like a, a block party for Halloween kind of thing. Okay, okay. Um, but a lot of the people out there are dressed in ridiculously elaborate costumes, and I mean that stems from the uh, the entertainment industry, right? So you have a of lot course. of people out there that are makeup artists. You have a lot of people out there that are costumers. Oh, the FX community. It's an, in here in Hollywood because of the movie industry you have anyway. I think it is such a flourishing environment for that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we get a lot of those uh, people at, at LOJ. Um, you know, they so they'll work. I've seen some crazy FX. Like I'm talking the full body makeup, like lizard people, like dragon girls, anything you could fancy. They have it there. I would argue that some of the things at LOJ are you know they would rival some of the top things that any cosplay like higher-end cosplay event like you know if you go to something like anime expo oh definitely and there's a different okay here's the difference i want to talk about this folks like i love conventions i think conventions are great i love anime comms you know you have la anime expo out here you know which we've you know got in touch with great people but the difference with you know what we do here like when i do the vampire ball in in new orleans or the court of the dark fae you know or or, you know the other events that we do in denver or new orleans or even Birmingham. the difference is and this applies to loj as well is that in a convention you're getting a specific environment and yes it's also a hotel but it's more of that conference room environment what i like and especially about the hotel that you guys use in LA is the fantasy immersive art deco architecture that lends into this idea that you're not just in a stale environment, you're walking in and you are in a fantasy. You are the character. This is your game. This is your night. And you're going in with your friends and it's interactive and it's exciting. Who knows what will happen? Who knows where we will explore or so, who we'll meet? Yeah, so the builds uh, for LOJ, I mean, it's been the pretty much the entire year 
um, building different types of structural designs and right to make it immersive yes the ambiance the aesthetics if you will build like castles or they'll build uh you know these different elaborate sets oh even though you know the fog on the stage the lighting all of the different components that goes into that in everything in every single room is incredibly well thought out and calculated in advance and they do that through uh throughout the year they do those builds same thing with the prosthetics um you know they yes the prosthetics for like the elves gosh and the uh, goblins yes Uh, you know, or, or and shout out to those actors because I know they do is when I was doing the vendor stuff, you'd see the little tour groups come in in advance and they'd have the goblins and the thing well, and they're running through and they are so and, in character and loving it. And, and, and that's also something that um, we we also offer at LOJ is the pre-show. So that was what I think I saw was yeah, the pre-show. If you are, it, it, well, and keep in mind, like, you know, throughout the event, you'll see different groups of different actors roaming around. So they're a part of the staff that, you know, are there to help, mm-hmm. you know, in case with immersion. Yeah. But, um, you know, when you're talking about the pre-show, uh, I believe up until last year, uh, or not last year in terms of 2020, but last year in terms of last year we threw it, which was 2019, you had uh, it, situations in which, you know, the the prince, who is Sean Strider, would take uh, these these guests who paid for the pre-show on a tour through a special uh, to you know, yeah, as yeah. a private tour through the event prior to the event opening uh, to kind of talk about the story for the year, talk about the different rooms, the design aspects. And, and there is a story, isn't it? Every year, yeah, does it so, change? Is it the same story? Well, no. It's, so it's a, it's an evolving story. So the, the, okay. that's, all by, that's all created by Sean. So what happens is, uh, you know, there's been a running story since the start of LOJ that's kind of evolved now uh, through the Court of Cipher and. Uh, basically, what they do is they have this entire storybook uh, that they Story played book. out, and we have something uh, that you know I'm pretty sure a lot of other events don't do, but we we meet every year. Storytelling, right? Story yes, time. yes. Story time. So we Story have, time. We have a, yeah. a staff event called Story Time at the Ricardo Montalban Theater uh, on Hollywood and Vine every year. And basically, the staff gathers either remotely. We do a stream through Discord, or no, it's through Twitch. Through and Twitch, we, yeah. Uh, we, stream, yeah, we have yeah. a private stream through Twitch for our, our staff that can't make it in for it. But a That's lot cool because it's wine. inclusive still. Yep, it's just for the staff. Uh, we don't sell tickets to it. It's not nice, nice, yeah. Um, and basically what it is is to go over what the story is for that year. You know, they, they so Sean gets up on stage. He explains what the story is and kind of talks about it's an inspirational thing to get people excited about it and involved. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's to allow people to kind of think of what they want their character to be. As I love that. that. So they can develop their own individual plot line. Because mm-hmm. everyone the is a character. Story. Yes. So and, and some of the main characters, I mean, obviously they have their storylines kind of written out for them as part of a written Right, you've got stuff like the dragon and very main things going in there. But yeah. everybody else, you know, they're allowed to kind of formulate their ideologies around what that main theme is. Let um, me ask, what are, what are the tribal creatures that I've seen there? The masks? The Zindri, or Zindri, Yeah, what, what, is, what, are, what are they? Oh Tell me, because I didn't know. I, you need to talk to Sean about that kind of stuff when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to the they're very playful stuff. they're like playful yeah, creatures it's an, they're elementals I elementals vega um, yeah uh, i know they they dress in a very tribalistic uh yeah you know almost like 
I wouldn't say they're kind of frightening, but kind of playful. Well, I wouldn't you say know, ghillie suit kind of thing. They they you know they have a lot of things that hang off of their costumes. Yeah, they're they're, very, they've got bones and things, and they wear kind of a tribalistic mask. Um, they are very playful. They're very very playful. People. I have a great. I actually had a TikTok video of them. It went viral. And it's this girl, she's wearing like one of the uh, Brides of Dracula. It's actually from the movie. It, like, you know, there's a free Brides of Dracula and a Francis mm -hmm. Ford Capella. She was wearing a, be I mean, it's such a beautiful replica. And I was just filming her costume. It was impromptu. And the creatures come up and they're getting her dress. And it's just like, and it's so beautiful. This video just went viral immediately because of that. And it was, I thought the, the actors are putting so much into their characters to interact with the guests who bought these tickets and looking for this experience. But it's it's admirable I mean, to honestly, me. Honestly, the, the Zundri, because they don't speak Zundri, English. is that what it is? Yeah, I'm pretty they sure. They don't they have their own language, yeah, I think. They, they, they were speaking language. in language, that's um, for sure, yeah. And it, again, it's kind of like that tribalistic. Fey, you know, almost like fey spiritual elemental, like you said. Yeah, they have, again, they have, you know, different leaves. And I guess that, that leads us to a point that fairies are not always good creatures. Like, fey can kind of be mischievous well, and dark. And I don't think that I don't think that the Zundri are meant to be mysterious and dark. Because, again, there, there are dark uh there are dark goblins um right and they have a full prosthetics yeah, and the ears and everything yeah um, and then noses. Are like the enemies of the knights of cypher kind okay. of thing um but you know i I'm yeah and they'll parade through and come through on their own terms i'm yeah. sure the zundri are more and again I'm, I'm not on the creative team um as far as that's concerned uh, you know if, if you want if you need to know about the hookah lounge and stuff like that or merchandising I got you there, but the uh, and the hookah lounge is amazing. Yeah, I might add, the, what an experience. The design team for the hookah lounge is just because, uh, bitches, you're at an event, and usually, okay, if you're at a convention or something, it's kind of like, okay, you can party in your hotel room. You can still certainly do that at LOJ. I have friends who have rooms there, and it's fun. But it's great, they're wild. <laughs> but you know, the fact that you can go outside into the courtyard yeah. under the night sky in LA and go to the hookah lounge and sit with your friends and smoke hookah outside in a beautiful setup mm -hmm. is, is special and unusual. Yeah, the docks of cypher. So, um, mm -hmm. out of the hookah the lounge. The docks, is called docks of cypher? The docks of cypher, okay. yeah. So we, we, have, uh, we have our hookah lounge in the outside courtyard area. Uh, we theme it out. Um, every single year we kind of go over, well, uh, you know, during the event runs, we every single year we kind of go over uh, the different flavor mixes that we want to do. Yes, yeah, some of them are really good. Yeah, each of, our, each of our flavors are proprietary mixes. So, you know, we, we, we do the mixings ourselves. Um, and, you know, we it's one of the most popular things at LOJ. I, I want to say it's probably third on the list of things that people like to do. Um, yes, that and the tea room. Come on, yeah. the tea room's amazing. Uh, that sells out very quickly every single year. Um, but yeah, the tea is probably, and it's worth it. I will say that I having sampled the food cause it's not just, you know, and I'm British, right? So we have high tea all the time, but it's like, you know, they've got the proper tea cakes for, sorry, we cut out there for a second, but we were talking about the tea cakes, yes. the scones and the finger sandwiches and all the amazing things at the tea room. And to that point now, I will say we've actually reached the end of a podcast, we are one minute away from being at 30 minutes. What are your <laughs> final thoughts, Nick? Should people go to LOJ? Final thoughts is, yeah, people should definitely come to LOJ. You check out what we have. You know, like I said, go to labyrinthmas uh, labyrinthmasquerade.com. 
um, you know, labyrinthmasquerade.com. And we, uh, you know, like we have it every single year, usually uh, in August. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to come back this year. If LA doesn't let us do it this year, then we'll the absolutely next be year back for next sure. Year. I yeah. think, I think that's a bet. And we'll see what happens here. But I will say, it's been a pleasure having you Always here with us pleasure. today. Likewise. In this beautiful garden surrounded by sunshine and birds, and champagne, and fine an orange champagne. grove. And I think I'm going <laughs> to take you for a walk. Through this orchard. Oh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it doesn't end like The Godfather. Yes, <laughs> we are in The Godfather, taking you to my orange. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So, without further ado, thank you guys for joining us, Nick. If people want to find you, where do they find you to follow you? Oh, oh follow me. Oh God, don't follow me. Follow Labyrinth. <laughs> Uh, again, go to labyrinthmasquerade.com. Much more interesting than I am as a person. And, and shout out to everybody who. Uh, who right, helps, all the team. Who helps throw uh, Labyrinth Masquerade, and especially uh, a shout-out to uh, Sean Strider, who's the proprietor and founder of uh, Labyrinth Masquerade. It's his creativity. It's his event. Uh, we're just happy to be able to be a part of it. Awesome. So without further ado, well, I'm going to go have a good afternoon. <laughs> good and afternoon. take care. <laughs>